Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. So we're actually continuing, even though it's our sunrise celebration, um, through the book of Mark because the Gospel of Mark actually talks about what happened at sunrise. Uh, but for the ease and flow of everything, I'm going to put all the verses up here on screen and to make sure that I stay on point so we can get to the food. And if you guys need another table, there's some tables in the back. Um, I'm going to put all the verses up here on screen. And I'm going to start with Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. So we're just going to cover a couple of verses. And in verse 16, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. This was a traditional custom in the Jewish culture. They would go buy spices so they could anoint the body after someone had passed. In verse 2, it says, Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, so we could have done this at 7.30 and it would have been okay, but just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Because there was this big stone that covered the tomb. And that's kind of the question that a lot of people have to ask themselves, because how do we overcome the obstacles that stop us from showing reverence for Jesus? For some, there are cultural obstacles. For some, it may be getting up at the crack of dawn. Uh, for some, it may be whatever the obstacles are. And the point isn't that, hey, there's a pastor that said, here's what you do to overcome those obstacles. The point is that we're willing to ask ourselves, what do we need to do to overcome those obstacles? Verses 4 says this, the, when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Now, it says that they were... Um, alarmed, the Greek word for that is actually terrified, but there was something, I didn't know this until, uh, you guys know Pastor Mark Berkshire, he was telling me about this um, this week when we were doing our Faith Responders Good Friday podcast, he was talking about the fact that in the Jewish culture, when they were seated at the table and they were eating, they had napkins like we did because they weren't savages, um, but when whoever was the Lord of the house, right, he would take a napkin, and if he had to leave the table for any reason, um, he would do one of two things. If he just left it crumpled on the table or on the chair or on the floor, it was a sign to the servants that would come later that, hey, he is totally done. We can, we can start clearing the table. We can get on and do whatever we need to do because he's done. But if he took the time to fold the napkin and place it either on the table or on his seat, it was an indication that I'm not finished, I'm coming back. And when you look at these verses, the very next verse talks about this angel, right? Because this is an angelic being who was dressed in a white robe, was sitting on the right side, and he would have been sitting on the right side of the shroud. And then he said, don't be alarmed, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who is crucified, he is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. And he would have directed their attention to the shroud 
that was folded so that they would have an understanding that he is coming back. Right now, culturally, we don't have those kind of things, but it would have been a huge understanding for them. Then he says this, go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, now here's the, the thing. He didn't call out Peter, because uh, I've heard a lot of people say that's kind of embarrassing, because Peter was the one who abandoned him when he was being crucified. And he didn't get up and call out Peter so that Peter would feel like all the weight and the shame of his guilt. I believe, and most theologians agree, that he had the angel identify Peter so that Peter would know that he was still accepted in spite of his guilt. Because we all know people today who, because of their guilt, because of their shame, maybe because of the way that they were treated, um, they have walked away from God, they have walked away from Jesus, they have walked away from the church. Maybe they were mistreated by people in the church. Maybe they were mistreated by people outside the church because they went to church. Uh, but there are a lot of people who walk in guilt and shame and regret. But here's the thing, because Jesus is alive, no one has to bear the weight of their guilt or their shame or their regret. And I talk to people all the time who are like, but I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done this. And I'm like, you don't understand. We serve a God who paid the penalty, so you don't have to bear the weight of all that. In the book of Romans, it says this, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we don't kind of use that word today, so I'm going to put it up in an amplified version. Therefore there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong. God doesn't look at us and say, hey, uh, I know you did that thing and you need to bear the weight of it. I know you feel this regret. I know you fear this shame. And actually in the, uh, it's called the message version, which is common everyday English, this is what it says. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud, a cloud of regret, a cloud of shame, and a cloud of guilt, right? So um, here's a summary of what Mark was emphasizing in these passages. Number one, uh, he starts off by making sure everyone understands the tomb is empty. There, there, there is no body in the tomb uh, because Jesus is risen. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a non-existent God. We don't worship a false God. We worship a risen God. And I know it's early in the morning, but somebody can say amen. There you go. Um, but we serve a God who is alive, and because of that, he tells us the same thing he told the women. Go tell others. Don't just go tell the people in your family, in your friends, and those that you love. Go tell the people who are hurting. Go tell the people who are dealing with hardship. Go tell the people who are struggling. Go tell the people who are dealing with guilt and shame and regret that we serve a risen God who wants to remove that black cloud of shame and regret from them. I'm going to ask you guys to uh, bow your heads, and we're going to pray. God, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us. We thank you so much that we do not serve a God who is false or who is non-existent. We serve a God who loved us enough to send his son to die on a cross for us and who rose from the grave to show us beyond a shadow of a doubt that our sins are forgiven, 
that our regret and our shame is removed and that we can be made whole. We serve a God who wants us to know that there is hope in healing and it's available to all through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And for this, we give you praise and thanks, and everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Um, I really was going to ask you guys to stand so we could sing a hymn, but I'm really being overwhelmed by the smell of food, so I'm going to pray for the food, and we're going to eat. All right, so God, thank you for everyone gathered here this morning. Thank you for all those who are watching via the live stream. Thank you for those who will watch this later. Uh, we thank you for your love, your goodness, your grace. We thank you for all those who will gather in places of worship around the world to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for those who are here who brought food. We pray that you would bless this food to our bodies. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Uh, let's eat.